Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome back to Good Guys Talk Back. I am Nick Morowski. This is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. You can find it absolutely everywhere. Uh, thanks for joining us on our YouTube channel. We try to do this on Sunday nights, 8, 830. Uh, you can watch the uh, the live version anytime you want. Just subscribe, head over there to YouTube, and uh, the audio version available everywhere. Uh, got a lot going on here with our uh, White Sox team. Uh, fun weekend. Not so much during the week since the last time we talked. Uh, breaking it all down with me. Lifelong diehard. A uh, Sox fan, uh, a friend of mine for over 20 years. Pat Hester, hello, sir. Nick, my friend, you went to the game today and you were able to get your hands on the new Indiana oh, Jones sure. bobblehead. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you showed it to me before we started yeah. recording. There you go. Run yeah. it across the stream. Sure. Yep, 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 yep. You got it. Wonderful. Yep. That looks great, yep. buddy. You, yep. uh, you, are, you do yourself uh, amazing uh, things by... Collecting all these bobbleheads. <laughs> I don't know where you find the time to yeah. dust them and keep them in great shape. Sure. But... <laughs> yes, they're all dusted. <laughs> they're all, they're dusted. all take, taken care of properly. You um, put like grease on the on the springs and like repaint the eyeballs in them if they get faded. You're just why, a great caretaker of the bobblehead. Why Andrew Vaughn though is Indiana Jones? Um, does it? makes sense ah, or that's it? a I, I have no idea i don't know what the connection okay. is yeah. maybe it was just his turn it's just his turn well i hope you know he gets an actual like a, just a you know regular no superhero stuff nothing just i think he's due maybe next year you know Did you ever see in, the the family guy episode where the guy says uh, i don't have to wear i only have to wear one goggle when swimming in my pool because his eyes are too close together maybe that's the one just the the one goggle across uh eyes too close uh andrew von bobblehead <laughs> uh they're always thinking up new things pat so i wouldn't put it past him uh, no maybe they will stuff. yeah maybe they will from other a, things from a family so guy much. episode from about 20 years ago <laughs> yeah uh, our White Sox, Pat, uh, they are 34 and 45, uh, so 11 games under 500. Is that all? Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, since the last time we talked, uh, they lost a series to Texas, which no surprise there. Texas, one of the best teams in all of baseball, uh, and then beat uh, the Boston Red Sox two out of three, uh, won back to back games Saturday and Sunday. Now, the, here's the problem, and, and this goes into the whole you know, which I'd love to do like maybe a follow-up to the buyer-seller stand pack because we started talking a little bit of, about it last episode. There's still six games back. That's mm -hmm. how they entered the weekend, and they, mm -hmm. and they leave six games back. So how difficult it is when you play the game of win one, lose a couple, then, then I'm going to win a couple, then lose one, that, that like 500 dance – you know, you, you've got to go on like a 10 to 12 game stretch where you just catch fire, you know, yeah. and and with the trade deadline, you know, August 1st, uh, you got all star break mid July decisions are going to have to be made. Uh, maybe they already are made uh, Tim Anderson all of a sudden playing second base a little bit. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Your your thoughts on that. Uh, Yohan Mankata. Liam Hendricks, Mike Clevenger. I don't know what we're going to get from these guys uh, before the All-Star break, if anything. 
you know, Andrew Benatendi is taking on kind of a new spot in the leadoff uh, role. I, I really enjoyed what I've seen uh, from Andrew Benatendi. And of course, Luis Robert Jr. is just, uh, he's a menace. Uh, he's Mr. Danger and he's playing healthy too. So, uh, you know, we can go in a lot of different directions, Pat. Is there something that caught uh, your interest, uh, you know, this past week or this weekend? Well, it's interesting. You had mentioned that we've been waiting for this team to catch fire, right? I feel like we've been waiting for this team to rattle off a, you know, 10 out of 12 stretch for the past maybe two years. Is it, is that crazy to think? I <laughs> mean, honestly, be, from yeah. the back half of, 2021 where they basically played 500 ball and then into 2022 where I don't remember what the highest, the high watermark was in terms of winning streak was, I, I want to say is maybe four. And this year the, the high watermark in terms of winning streak is five games today. Mark the first time I think all year we've won a series at home against a non-division opponent. I mean, it's just interesting that this team, we just keep waiting and you look down in the field and DJ had mentioned it today. I was listening on the radio on my, my ride home from a completely dreadful golf, uh, uh, golf display today at Bluffs uh, <laughs> and Shanahan. And, and he was just talking about, you think about like all these teams, like the Reds have just put on a, a show recently and gone from nowhere and put themselves in position to win the NL Central. The Cubs on the north side have all of a sudden turned it around and played really good ball over the past, you know, two weeks or so. This you would seemingly think the law of averages would say, even as the, if this team isn't talented enough to win a division, even if this team really isn't all that good and it's fool's gold, you would think they could put two good weeks together. And over the span of two years, I mean, it's two, I mean, seasons, we'll call it seasons, two seasons. This team hasn't been able to do it. And I honestly think that this front office is thinking the same thing. There's at some point we're going to put two weeks together over this long stretch, whether you have talent or not, you would think that they'd be able to do it. So that was the interesting thing to me, Nick is like, we're just continuing to hang around. And I had this conversation with my dad today. He said, Patty boy, what are they going to do? And I said, dad, I, I honestly, I don't know. I know what they probably should do. I don't know what they will do. And I know that I, what I wish they would do, but um, I, it's just weird how this division again is still holding up and waiting. They're in fourth place, six games back, 11 games under 500. And it's just like, as soon as we get close to maybe being, you know, some going in the right direction, we go in a stretch like we have where we've lost four series in a row. So I don't know. I, I, I honestly, this team is just baffling to me because you had mentioned Luis Robert Jr. And just the tear he's on. How long can you ride that? How long is that sustainable for him? We know that the the slump is on the other side of this because he has never been proven to be consistent enough over you know a month span. It's usually these two week on two week off spurts with him. So I don't know. I, I I really don't know where to go, Nick, because this team doesn't really seemingly know where to go. I want to circle back to your thoughts of, you know, maybe they're possibly buyers. I, th I thought you were going that way last week because yeah. of the lack of playoffs that we have seen as a fan base. And, you know, why not? You know, why not just do it? You know, life is short almost. The Kenny Williams approach of screw the farm system. We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, let's go at it right now in, in some way. I want to get back to that, you know, in, in a little bit, because I think that was kind of a theme this past week. I know I talked about it a, a lot on Lockdown Socks. I know other other people did because of different things coming out. 
whether it was from Bob Nightingale or other national uh, White Sox uh, or national baseball writers of, you know, well, who could be knocking on the White Sox door? And you've already got some teams. You, na- you named the Cincinnati Reds. There are others that are looking at themselves completely different than what yeah. they were maybe three weeks ago. And now they're looking to see who's around. What arms could I possibly get? You know, is there a bat I can get? Uh, but Luis Robert Jr., you know, they're 79 games in. He's play. I don't know if you know. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna ask you uh, just to guess. How many games do you think Luis Robert Jr. has played in this season? Maybe you do know. 79 oh, games I, have, have oh, happened. 79. I'll say uh, 56. Luis Robert Jr. has played in 76 games. What? Are you kidding me? 76 games. That's uh, shocking. I, I can't believe that. Second only to. Andrew Vaughn has played in 77 games. Wow. I, I, you, I, you could have given me 15 guesses. I would have never came up with it. That's, that's me. Actually, you could He's have healthy. given me like 79 guesses. I would have never <laughs> got it right. Well, that, my point is, this is what we've kind of been waiting for. Yeah. So, you know, he's hitting like, he's hitting career numbers and, and everything. He's at 21 home runs now. He had two on Sunday, he had three in the series. Uh, he's the first guy, I think, all in baseball in all of baseball to have 20 uh home runs and at least 20 R- R- uh, doubles, which is crazy. You know, he's making it's an airtight case right now for Seattle, uh, for, yes, for the all star game, um, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Um, I again, and, and we think about this is this is the guy that we've been looking for when healthy. I hope it continues to stay that way for him because. I mean, he's got superstar talent written all over him, Nick, and we've talked about it for three years, really, with him. And if he can continue on this pace, that's that's a reason to me enough to be a buying team. Now, you know, Greg makes a great point in the chat, like, what are you buying? What are you really getting? I don't necessarily think that they're buying and going chips all in buying this guy or making some big move for some superstar. I just think they're looking to add in some way, shape, or form. You know that Rick is going to want to add some type of bullpen, something, because he does all the time. Whether it's quality or not is is another story. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we need another DH, Nick. <laughs> well, a hybrid first baseman DH, uh, possibly right fielder. That's what, what exactly buying, what we like. What you're buying, you're going to have to get up to where the twins are. Which again is not a very, uh, you know, it's not an impressive bar. Okay, the the AL Central is an absolutely awful division. It's an embarrassing division. So you're what you're buying is you're going to have to somehow get up. So you're feeling like I, I've got the AL Central, and is that all you're buying for? Is the AL Central? Uh, that doesn't make a, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm sorry to buy well, it into the AL Central, which is awful. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to you and I, right? I get you and I get that. But I think as an organization, it's always been an organization of maybe just good enough, lightning in a bottle. We'll see what happens. This you never know type of like, like just get into the tournament, just get into yeah. the playoffs type yes. of thing. Yes, I think I think that do you the think way they're that, a bat away or, or an arm or two away from like really not only winning the central, but may, being like a, being a scare, like a, a wild card, you know, in, in the postseason? Well, I, I, I would look at it and, you know, 
you know, Greg mentions also how great the, the, the pitching staff has been from a starting standpoint, but the bullpen has let us down time and time again. I almost fell off my barstool chair when I saw, you know, that uh, bummer had a seven ERA. Like, what do you have coming out of the bullpen from a left-handed standpoint that's really going to shut it down? You don't, I don't know that you have that. What's the answer there? And you, Ronaldo Lopez has been, you know, all over the place in terms of when he's in there. Joe Kelly had on that stretch where he was seemingly unhittable and unfazed by anything and he was locked in. Now a little bit more of the, you know, Joe Kelly that we've seen over the last year plus. So, I, I th- again, if you're think, asking me what I think they're going to buy, I don't think it's going to be anything like blow you out of your chair. I think it's like, okay, we added this Kendall Graveman type bullpen. Cool. Okay, and now what are you going to buy with? What are these assets that you're going to be using, you know, to impress somebody to that's get? A, yeah, that's I mean, a that, great that's, question. That, that's the other thing is like our farm system is horrible. Yeah. And are you so are you trading off of the only way I can kind of see it? And but then it kind of negates, you know, my th- this is the this is just the whole mess is it's like try, me trying to understand the multiverse that Michael Keaton was talking about with the spaghetti plate and flash. It was like my, <laughs> my, my head just, you know, completely exploded. If you if you sell off of your uh, you know current roster right, which is always a tricky decision because then you're going to have to get somebody that's major league ready back, like it's just to replace. Uh, if you're going pitching wise and you decide to let go of Lucas Giolito because all the signs point to it, you know even if the Sox catch fire, there are folks writing about the fact that you know he might be gone because they're not going to retain his services. The, to Greg's point, the pitching has been so good. And Giolito has been really good as of late. I mean, under four ERA, he had 10 Ks in the series opener against Boston. Uh, not his fault. I mean, he had one earned run. He threw a mistake to Devers, and Devers had a no-doubter. Uh, but again, another pretty solid outing from Giolito. Yeah. So if you trade your your some of your starting pitching, which we all know you need pitching going down the stretch, you need pitching uh, even in a short series. Well, you I don't think you can be buyers and still compete, or I'm sorry, sellers and also buyers in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, it, it it it's a difficult it's a difficult dance. Um, I'm not saying because the socks are 11 games under right now and they're six games out. Well, sell, sell, sell fire, sell. That's not what I'm, I'm saying. I'm almost thinking you could stand pat. Hmm. You can say, look, uh, this team, I, I still believe in this team. Pedro Grifo will say, Rick Hahn will say, I'm still bullish. Uh, you know, I think, oh boy. Team, <laughs> I think this team still has, you know, more to prove and we're going to keep this, we're going to keep this team together. Now you're going to probably be without Yoan Mankata services for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like he's not going to be back at all before the all-star break. You know, Grafol said that, you know, he was taking some ground balls. It looked effortless, but he's not even close to being a hundred percent. And I believe that's obviously with swinging and everything that entails. I felt like he had problems swinging from the right side, uh, you know, leading up to this IL stint. He was playing hurt for a while, which is the White Sox way. Like, we're going to get these guys to just continue to play hurt, uh, or they're not going to – they'll come back, but they're not coming back 100%, you know. And 
how they manage that whole thing is is bizarre. So you're going to be without Mankata, which I think when you ask certain people, they'll be like, I don't care. I'd rather have Jake Berger at third. And, you know, he's been kind of cold as of late with the bat. He hit a home run on Saturday when they had those four solo home runs. But, I mean, he went through a stretch this past week against Texas where he had like three three strikeout games. I mean, he just he, – he was cold. So, you know, you're going to have a depleted roster from what you started the season. So are you using anything you have in the farm system to maybe get a couple – just – Okay, we just need a couple things to get us in the AL Central conversation. That's okay, like- so that that's interesting you say that because let's let's think back to a time when we traded away one of our top prospects and we needed a pitcher because we thought we could win a winnable division and you needed a big game James Shields and you <laughs> traded away Fernando Tatis Jr., right? Yeah. So do you go down that avenue again where man, let's, we have a piece here that we could move. And I don't know that you have, you don't have anybody. You don't have anybody. Well, no, I don't think that's probably near that. But you know, the one that you might look at is Oscar Colas. Is, is that a guy that you could trade to get something for? But again, that's a, that's a person that, you know, you, you see the YouTube clips and you hear about, and we were excited about seeing Mm -hmm. him left-handed power bat, you know, plays right field, all that stuff. Can you really afford to give get rid of that when that's kind of what you need going forward for maybe the next five to seven years? A left-handed power bat that plays right field. I mean, it feels like that's been something that's been talked about around here for quite some time. So can that guy be traded? I don't know. Can Elvis Andres be moved? I mean, I'm looking at guys that, that are, you know, there's multiple people in the same spot. So is a Gavin Sheets, Andrew Vaughn? I mean, is that some one of those guys? Is that a possibility? You had mentioned Yuan Mankata and then Jake Berger. You know, two guys that really, when one's when one's healthy, the other one's not going to get playing time. Probably not. And the reason why is more not based on performance, but probably based on salary. Next year, Yuan Mankata I think is due twenty four million dollars, which Huge. is a big reason yeah. why you're probably not able to move him. So if you're not able to move him for a couple of reasons, one, because he's not available and he's hurt, people aren't going to buy him and have to pay him, you know, possibly $24 million next year or whatever, you know, however that all works with the trade. And you, you really can't afford to move Jake Berger because you need him, right? You need him to, to play third right now because Yohan Mankata is not available. So you're kind of like at a, at a, you know, a crossroads there. I think, you know, if you're looking at it and, and there's been a lot of chatter about it, like change of scenery needed for Tim Anderson, that might be the guy that gets you the, the most back. And you had mentioned Lucas Giolito from a pitching side, but you still need a guy to go out there every fifth day. You can't count on Mike Clevenger has gone on, on the IL a couple different times this year already. I, I don't know. I mean, what's going on with Lance Lynn lately with the strikeouts and, and going from what he was, what he is now, but he's just a knee injury away from sitting down. And Michael Kopech is is uh, reaching his highest pitch or uh, innings pitch in his career. That they're talking about, we might have to rein him back. So I don't know if you can pitch, trade off of your your starting staff. I the the Michael Kopech thing, I, I cannot believe. I, I cannot believe we are talking about like controlling this guy's innings. Okay, we're we're sitting here. We're in late June 2023. We don't know. We don't know the full limit 
or what we have with Michael Kopech, which obviously was one of the centerpieces when this whole thing got uh, torn down in the fall of 2016. 2016, and we're sitting here, and he gets removed after four innings and, what, 86 pitches or something because we're getting worried at his pitch limit. That, that to me, is troubling. Like, that we do not – he does not have the green light to at least go five or six because we're managing his innings right now still. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a problem. I, I think arms that could be moved, you know, everybody's looking for relievers. You know, you got Santos, you've got Middleton. Um, depending on where the Sox are in three, four weeks, what do the White Sox need with those types of arms? Those are good arms. And even mm-hmm. maybe Kelly. You know, a, a te- people get nuts at the trade deadline, okay? We have Jose uh, Quintana here, and we were able to offload Jose Quintana for Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. Teams get crazy when they have a chance to maybe make the postseason. And a team like the Reds that hasn't hasn't done it in a while, they might make an offer to the White Sox that, look, the front office is like, how do we pass this up? So it sounds to me like, Nick, like, as you mentioned, like standing pat may be the way to go because we, you and I are talking ourselves in circles about we should trade this guy, but we still need a guy like we, we should trade a, a bullpen guy because we get back a lot for him, but we need bullpen help because our bullpen right. help, our bullpen is, is shaky at best. And you just mentioned two or three guys that are the, the most solid guys that we have. So why but would see, you trade those guys out of the uh, off the team? Right. It, it all depends on what this front office wants to do. Do they do they vision this year as you know what? This isn't our year, okay? But we can win the division, so we're just gonna we're gonna go for it. Um, but we're gonna go for it by you know standing pat for the most part and maybe moving one guy that is not coming back next year. You know, and we still think by doing that, since the division is so bad, we're still going to be able to compete for the division. But we have to get something for this guy that's just going to walk. Yeah. You know, they're they're in a tough spot. And, you know, Greg asked the question, is Gavin Sheets expendable? Absolutely. Absolutely. What has he given you lately where you have said, God, I have Gavin Sheets. Boy, we need that off the bench, you know. He hasn't embarrassed himself in right field. That's he had fine. a nice running catch today. Yeah, I mean, he's been able to figure things out in right field. But I, I mean, I, what has he done with his bat? And that was the thing that was keeping him around. Yeah. So if somebody's like, "Look, I, I need a Gavin Sheets type of guy," and we package a couple other guys that, to your point, are kind of log jam. You know, uh, you know they're they're blocking positions. We've got an Oscar Colas. If you want to give him another shot in right, they seem to really be into Clint Frazier uh, in right field. There are options. None of them are amazing options. That when you thought back a few years ago, you're like, can't wait to get to that Zach Remillard Clint Frazier <laughs> era in 2023. That's when things are really going to take off for this Sox team. Oh. You know, they're, they're playing with what they have and, yeah. and they're guys that are popping up and they're, you know, they're filling, you know, they're filling spots and we're getting excited about some of these things. And, you know, uh, Sydney talked about that, that, that game in Texas. How about that game with catchers interference? It was overturned and 
Uh, we won the game on that call. You know, that, hey, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sydney said he'll take it. I'll take it. Everybody's going to take it. But that's not sustainable. You know, you're going to have those every now and then. But that can't be the way, uh, you know, this White Sox team is going to win. Um, they're, they're a goofy team. And, yeah. and, and I just can't figure them out. But you, you mentioned Tim Anderson. Let's talk mm-hmm. about this. I mean, we've been talking about it. Everybody's been talking about it. You know, what's going on with him? He's got a lot of baggage, I understand. You know, he's talked about it, his personal life. Um, you know, things are just out of sorts. He's trying to get right with that. He's dealing with some injury stuff. He's obviously underperforming and never going to leave uh, the leadoff spot. Okay. Sure. That was all lip service. He left the leadoff spot. He started hitting in the two hole. Um, then he got hurt. Didn't see him for a little bit. Uh, was not supposed to play on Friday in game one of the Boston yeah. series. And then uh, told Griffol like, yeah, you know, I, I might be able to go at second base. I'd like to be in this lineup. Griffol confers with, with Rick Hahn, which I love. And he's in there at second base with like an injured shoulder or something. Uh, hitting second. Uh, don't read into anything. He's going to be back at shortstop before you know it. Saturday, back at second base, hitting in the two-hole. Doesn't play Sunday because they wanted him to rest his arm from the extensive throwing from second base. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he, he was 0 for, 0 for 7 in the series with two strikeouts. And uh, he had one, one documented error. It should have been two errors. But my conspiracy theory... Of course, he's playing second base. So, because there's phone calls coming in to Rick Hahn, like, hey, do you think uh, Tim Anderson would consider maybe playing second base if we put a package together for him? Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll put him out there tonight and, and we'll see. We'll talk to him. We'll showcase him a little bit at second base. I'm sure I'm reading way too much into it because there's like, that's what we have here as Sox fans. What are your thoughts on this second base stuff? Well, it's interesting because I, it, to me, it's a little bit, of, it's got to be a shot to his ego, right? Because he's been talking, there've been talk in the past about him moving out of shortstop and he was very defiant. I'm the shortstop of this team. Right. And now, right. And, and, yeah. and now yeah. he's willing to say, I'll go in. I want to be in this lineup. I'll go play second. It's a little bit of a, an attitude shift, I guess, from what we're used to. With Tim Anderson, I, I really don't know what to think of him anymore. I, honestly, he doesn't really do anything for this team, and I, I know it's sacrilegious to say I, I, you know, I was. I'm Tim Anderson has provided probably one of the the funnest uh, White Sox highlights that that you and I could probably remember outside of any kind of playoff or World Series game, right? The the uh, the world the the Field of, Field Dreams, of Dreams game yeah. walk off magical storybook type stuff and it was tim anderson but that's when things were fun and things were going in the right direction it seems to me ever since the beginning of this season and maybe it goes back to even further when tim anderson's flipping people off when he's on the infield and getting suspended and and the 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 diva like actions that he would take and then kicking off the season with chuck and telling him how we should fan and how he should report Mm. on the team Mm -hmm. It just seems like a guy that's completely not present. Is that does that makes does that seem well, right? Like he's not physically and mentally here and in the game, or 
his passion has completely left him. And, and again, I, you mentioned it with the, the personal stuff and I, and I don't want to assume that or, or, or make athletes out that they should be robots, right? If something is going on in your personal life and it's in turmoil and it's all over, you know, social media, that cannot be easy to manage and deal with. We're all human. But I think that I've had my fill of Tim Anderson. Hmm. Is that, is that well, crazy to say? Am I a bad fan for saying that? I, you know, I think we all, um, here's the issue, right? When somebody goes to the, to the height where he was at couple all-star games, uh, starting shortstop for the all-star game, which we haven't had a, a starting shortstop since maybe Luis Aparicio, you know, winning batting titles, you know, national commercials, the field of dreams game. Uh, he was on the world baseball classic stage and, and DeRosa got him into second base because he wanted that energy. They, he wanted that attitude. He wanted Tim Anderson in the lineup. Um, heavy is the head that wears the crown, man. Um, I, I don't know. Too quick, too fast, too much. And, and coupled with all the stuff you got going on behind the scenes and, and all the expectations, you know, Abreu leaves and it's like zoop, eyes on Tim Anderson. Okay. You're, you're the longest tenured White Sox. Uh, what do you, what do you have for us? You know, how you go, the White Sox go all that kind of stuff. That's a lot. And if you're scuffling and everyone else is scuffling, you know, it, the, the spotlight is on him and has been. And, you know, after we recorded last week, you know, I something I read something from Bob Nightingale about, you know, there were some veterans that maybe were, were talking to the White Sox front office saying, I'm willing to be traded. I'm willing to go. Uh, if you're looking to put stuff together, like, Yes, uh, I'll volunteer. There, there were no names mentioned. And I, I don't even know if maybe it was saying that they absolutely went and, and forfeited their name, but there's interest, right? Yeah. Like, like, hey, uh, if you're looking to uh, if you're looking to sell, like consider me. Could could that be Tim Anderson? Could Tim Anderson have been one of the you know players that said, I just need to change the scenery? I, I just need something different right now. You know, yeah. th this is this is too much. Um, you know, I don't want to say like I'm done with Tim Anderson. Like I, I, not too long ago, I was like, I really thought that maybe Tim Anderson was going to be the first $100 million man. I thought they were going to make him, you know, their franchise player. And still, I don't know if that'll ever happen under Jerry Reinsdorf. I mean, he might be the last one uh, in this, what handful in major league baseball, but with Colson Montgomery, and I think he's a ways away, you know, he's finally getting back to action. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know if he's the, if Tim Anderson is in the White Sox future plans long-term. It, it doesn't seem that way. It, it, it's a very, again, it's a very weird thing. It's, I would, I, you know, nothing would please me more to, for him to come back and prove us all wrong. But I mean, I, again, I was with my dad today and he said, when was the last time Tim Anderson had a home run? And I said last May and he thought I was joking. Mm. He thought it was a joke. And I, he's like, Oh no, really? When was it? And I said, dad, it was, it was last May. Now I'm not expecting the guy to rip off 25 home runs, but the fact that the power numbers have fallen off the face of the earth over the, and there's no doubles, there's no it's ground there's ball mania. 
there's certainly no walks. I mean, he's not getting on base. He's not really doing anything to help the team. And we know we, the, the defense has been documented. I, I, so it, you know what? It's honestly surprising to me. And I don't mean to just like pile on the guy, but it's surprising to me that he was the starting all-star for, for, um, for the American League, given the fact that he's really a below average fielder. I mean, I know it's more, you know, what's important about baseball today is, you know, the offensive side. No, not many people look at defense the way that maybe they used to, especially with shortstops. But, but he's not that good. He's not that good. He looks clunky at, at yeah. short. He really does. He doesn't look natural. Nothing looks like it's, it flows, right? And it doesn't look like he has any rhythm out there. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I don't yeah. mean to rip on him, but I just, if, if I'm looking to move something, that would be the piece I would move if I could. I feel like, uh, he is somebody that, uh, has been probably asked about and his state of play hasn't been very good. I think maybe the front office has been a little disappointed that he hasn't been able to be on the field consistently because they maybe secretively uh, viewed him as a piece that absolutely could be moved. You put Elvis Andrews at shortstop, you know, put Zach Remillard, Romy Gonzalez, whenever he gets healthy, pick, you know, Popeye Rodriguez. Is he ever going to play? You brought him up to do what? I have really no idea. I understand maybe he's not ready for the show, but why did you bring him up? And, and really, what are you doing with him? Just to like sit him down and show him big league players like, see, that's what big league baseball is all about. Like you can do that from your couch. I, I don't get how they manage <laughs> players. This happened with Lenin Sosa last year, but yep. you know, if you move TA, you, you, you'll figure it out. I'm not going to say at all that this team will be better, uh, but it's a choice that the white Sox have to make. And, and who is asking about TA, you know, who is saying, you know, Hey, that's a guy I definitely have to get, you know, normally at the deadline it's arms, you know, yeah. it's starting pitchers, it's relievers. They're looking for the horses uh, to definitely get them through, you know, the stretch and into a short series. Now, the way Lance Lynn has put together a last couple outings, maybe there's some folks that are more kicking the tires on Lance Lynn. Absolutely, Giolito. I think Dylan Cease is like a shoot for the moon if you're another team. You know, yeah. shoot for the moon. He's got controllability. Um, he's not pitching at all like he did last year. I mean, he's going to have his 17th start here uh, of the year against the Angels. And, I mean, everything is different uh, from last season. But he's taking the ball. He's staying yeah. healthy. And, he, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's making his start. So, I, I don't know. I, I, again, like, if, if I were to have to make a bet, I would say T.A. stays on this team throughout the year. Mm -hmm. um, and I would think it would be more from the pitching environment that would be moved. That's just interesting. To, to me, if you're, you're moving, uh, starting pitching, that means that you're waving the white flag, which well, what's honestly, a white flag to you? Like how many games back uh, by the deadline? I don't think it matters how many games it is. I mean, the, the division is winnable. If you're trading, starting pitching, it means you've given up on the season, which don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, how could you say you're giving up on you this season? question? Let, let me ask yeah. you this question. You move, yeah. say you move Lucas G. This is purely hypothetical and I don't necessarily believe in this, but I'm just asking you, like, could you see maybe this, this happening? You move Lucas Giolito, which would be a big shot to the starting rotation. 
Clevenger comes back. He's he gets back into the rotation. Then you put Schultons in, mm-hmm. okay, to fill in Giolito's spot. So your your top three would probably go: Cease, Lynn, Kopech, Clevenger, Schultons. If you if you move Geo, do you can you win and compete in the AL Central with that staff? Well, you put it to me that way, Nick. I suppose <laughs> you could, but you'd have to. I mean, what are they? What's their average uh, runs scored a game? I mean, they'd have to really pick it up on the other side of the ball. Uh, to me, they're they're probably or that's the other big if, question. Sure, if I if I was to guess, and I, I don't like looking up stats, and our interns are off tonight. Um, I would guess they're averaging about three and a half runs a game. Does that sound about right? If you had to guess and put sure. a number on it, yeah. um, I, that's not enough to win ball games. So if you're going to do that, that's a strong enough pitching staff. Yes. I think to compete and win this division, but it's also got to be, have some faith and hope that, well, maybe they continue to hit the ball of the ballpark like they've done over the past couple okay, of games so, and get some people on base while they're at it. So who you get back for Giolito would be a bat, you know, and somehow you insert that bat in. And again, I have no idea how this would actually work, but that is a way I could see selling and kind of also buying with still being competitive in the AL central. And if that's your only goal is to win the division so we can get the hats, the t-shirts and see playoff baseball, because we haven't seen a lot of it and say, Pedro Grafol. My guy won a division. I could see that maybe being a path. So but it's I don't be believe right that that's then. the right way to do it because yeah. I, I think we all were looking for more than just a division. You know, we were looking to win an actual series. How about winning an actual series yeah. uh, during this whole situation? Um, and that to me means they would have to make up for so much with whatever they're going to get back it doesn't seem like we've got the assets and we're going to be able to do that while also um, competing. I mean, bottom of the league and on base percentage, I mean, the chase rate is ridiculous with this white Sox team. They don't take pitches. They don't take walks. They don't score a lot of runs. They were awful with runners in scoring position this past weekend. They, Mm -hmm. they, they took two or three from Boston, but you know, you hit four solo home runs on Saturday and Luis Robert jr. Was a beast, but Hey, pitching was really good on Sunday, too. Um, you know, Tanner Banks and Schultons gave you four good innings, yeah. which I've liked Schultons. So uh, th- I love these types of c- conversations. I really do. They're maddening and they make your brain hurt and they frustrate you even more. But they're so hypothetical and they're so like what this, I think, podcast was founded on so many years ago is these are the types of things you and I would have conversations about, Pat, like in. 2000 what say whatever 2003 yeah. 2004 uh you know we'd be at buffalo wild wings uh you know, in the burbs just trying on a cocktail napkin probably like drawing mm-hmm. out how we think things could go and 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 the whole maybe the buy pat for buy for maybe the future brings me always back to the freddie garcia thing where they bought and they they traded for freddie garcia in like early-ish mid-June 2004, they were hanging around the AL Central. They yeah. were like four games over 500. They were in the conversation. They trade for Freddie Garcia. Ten days later, they sign him to a three-year extension. 
And the Sacks obviously don't make the playoffs in 2004, Guillen's first year as manager. But what did Freddie do for us in 2005? You yeah. know, uh, it, so that that's an angle for it too. It's going to be fascinating to see how the, the this the rest of this first half you know kind of plays out as we get into the All Star break and then eventually the the trade deadline to where this front office you know the the clown show that is this front office and the decisions that they want to make and and whether their futures depend on it right are they making decisions based upon is my job at stake probably not but. Maybe, maybe they think it is finally after, you know, Kenny's been at the helm for 20 plus years that maybe his work hasn't been enough and maybe it is time to be aggressive and maybe it is time to, you know, think outside the box and put all the chips in to try and win this division. It's going to be interesting, but you mentioned, what do you get? What are you going to be adding? You're going to be adding a bat. You had mentioned a couple of things We're we're not patient. So you have to find somebody that's patient. You probably have to find a lefty right? Because we don't have balance enough in this lineup in terms of power. Uh, you're going to need somebody to play an actual position. So it can't be a DH because we have enough DHs. So you're kind of limited in what you're actually looking for. That limits the amount of you know trade partners that you're talking to. So it's going to be very difficult to say, oh, this is exactly what we need and this is exactly what we're going to give up and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Um, it, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, whatever Han and, and, and Kenny are actually making, uh, they're going to have to earn it over the next couple of months, because this is like, really that what they probably want to do is walk downstairs and say, can you guys just, uh, we told you, we told everybody at custom levels. Can you do that? Can you remember, remember, can you just do that? And we'd be just fine. If they were, you know, if they were two games back in, in the AL central and, I don't know. Like you had, you had a healthy Mankata and he was raking and, and, and obviously Luis Robert Jr. Kept, kept it up. And, and Anderson was hanging around maybe, maybe a 270 average. He was getting on base. He had a handful of home runs and was healthy. I'd say you'd have a healthy squad and you know, you've got healthy pitching. Why not go, go ahead. You know, you're two games back, but with all these question marks, from the pitching standpoint, the bullpen, crochet on the IL. You know, Hendricks, I don't know what we're going to get back from him when he returns. And, uh, you know, the offensive stuff, the just, I, I don't see 11 games under. Thankfully, they don't have to make that decision now. But 11 games under, you know, six games back, I, like join the club uh, if, if, yeah. of all the other teams that are in that situation that think that they're competing and that they're buyers. And, and you had a great point. It's like, well, it's got to fit. It's got to fit perfectly with who you're going to be trading with and dealing with that. They have what you need to accomplish your goals. And, and that, that just shortens the list even more. And typically, I mean, it doesn't seem like, and maybe I could be wrong. It doesn't ever seem like it's, you know, a starting player, on your team for a starting player on their team. Usually it's prospects, you know, a starting player for a prspect, you know, it's coming back. And, and that's what and that's during, how at the trade deadline. You yeah, sometimes and, in the off season, it's player for player roster right. spot for roster spot, but it, but it's a team that doesn't, it's not going to make it. They've got somebody making a lot of money or a lot of money for that particular team. Maybe they don't pay a lot. 
and they've they've got assets that that they want to accumulate because they want to start building for the future. It's typically not starter for starter, which again I think you're you're trading off of this roster, and you'd need a starting player in return. Socks are going to head out west now, Pat, which is Holy uh, can, can be Lord. a nightmare. Let us um, pray. Yeah, uh, last time we saw the Angels, it was on the south side, and Shohei Otani's home run against Lynn might not have landed yet. Uh, it might be still somewhere um, up there above, hanging just uh, in the stratosphere. It might, you know what? It might have made its way into Lake Michigan by now. Is that uh, right? Maybe. Yeah, but they're going to go to LA. They're going to play uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think. I think that's a four-game series in LA. Yes, you're and absolutely then, uh, correct. And then a weekend series against Oakland. And you might say, well. It's Oakland. They're no, a joke. Never. It don't. don't Greg ever says it say in the that. chat. Three. Yeah. Three versus Oakland, baby. Let's go. I, never. I, no. Yeah, I've seen too many games in Oakland. At, staying up until midnight, hoping the game will end in a victory, and somehow it's like playing in the old Metrodome out there. It's it's thing. Bad things happen in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, we handled Oakland pretty well last year, but. I mean, there have been years where Oakland hasn't been very great and we go out there and we just get, and we, and we had a pretty good team and we just get manhandled stuff happens in, in the Oakland Coliseum. It is uh, it's been bad news. Uh, and, and Oakland, you know, man, they're, they're playing with house money in a weird way. You know, they're like, look, no one respects us. Like we, we probably don't have a franchise, you know, in the, in the next couple of years. This thing's going off to Las Vegas. We tried, you know. Look, we're just gonna tr- we're just gonna try to embarrass people. I don't know. I don't know what the team chemistry is is out over there. Uh, if they're gonna hang tough and they're gonna just try to spoil people's seasons, like let's just have some fun. Let's just create havoc for other people. Yeah. You know that that their their back is is up against the wall here, and that's where I think they're kind of dangerous. Um, you know they might just not have the personnel. There might be a lot of injuries though. And, and all this other stuff, or just, they just don't have the capable players, but I can't take them for granted right now. The LA series is, I, I it'll be interesting to see how the, the angels handle the white Sox. Well, it's, it's the same old thing, Nick. I mean, this, this month, I believe we're a game over 500 now for the month. And I look at it and it just popped in my mind. It's like, okay, we got four against LA just split there. Okay, well, again, we're, we're you're, then we're still five hundred. It's like exactly what, that's just what I'm running saying. in place. I, I mean, that's this. exactly you're you're hitting it, man. It's like on if you compartmentalize and you're like, oh, a split in L.A. feels good to feel good, but look at the ground you have to make up. You know, yeah. time is ticking here. Um, Sydney said, you know, Shohei on Tuesday. That yeah, that'll be a fun one. I don't know if it's going to be for our White Sox, but yeah, imagine if they could beat Shohei Otani. Um, they handled Kershaw pretty well. Yeah, that that game they ended up losing, but uh, we didn't see Shohei on the mound uh, last time when the Sox played the Angels on the South Side. Who knows, Nick? Let's just you know, <laughs> you know, expect nothing, hope for the best. That's there you go. White Sox baseball the last two years, buddy. Yeah. Uh, well, Pat, always a pleasure, my friend. Um, I don't think we solved anything, but I was um, just going to say the same thing. I yeah, feel okay, like <laughs> nothing has been, uh, solved. We didn't, uh, I, don't, I hope we brought some joy, maybe a couple yeah. laughs along the way. Sure. Maybe that's what we accomplished. Always, 
always uh, with this team. Uh, we, uh, I think we're going to try to take maybe a break next week for the holiday, for 4th of July holiday. Uh, next yeah, week. I, I asked, I, I put in the request, my PTO request to you. You yep. said it was approved. Hmm. And uh, so we're going to take the, we're going to take the holiday off and celebrate uh, Independence Day independently. You with mm-hmm. your family, mine with mine, and it'll be great. Well, one day we'll get the families together and we'll celebrate. It would be great. It would yeah. be great. But, you know, mm-hmm. Shanahan, we do a lot of fireworks. I know that's not something you're into. We blow up a lot of shit around here in the in Well, the, the dog. Part. The dog. And oh, the, that's the right. The thunder vest or the thunder shirt that he has to wear, and it's not good. Do you it's put it on him and then and, and just start singing, singing Thunderstruck to him? <laughs> No, when he knows that the thunder jacket's coming uh, out, he knows that there's some stuff going down. Thunder. Yeah, yeah. No. no, we'll try to. Uh, I think we'll probably take a break next week for the for the holiday weekend. Everybody will be out and about. But uh, if something changes, you know, we'll uh, we'll alert everyone and we'll get back on the old uh, the podcast. <laughs> the alert will go up. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, always a pleasure, bud. Folks, uh, thank you so very much. Watching on the YouTube channel, subscribe. That would be great. You get the alerts and uh, find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Always available on Twitter at Good Guys TV. We've got a Facebook a fan page. For Pat Hester, I'm Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.